0: Am I allowed back on the property? Never. Oh, for God's sake. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What did she
1: do? Yes. What did she do? Well, she'll be here to tell us.
2: Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the
1: feeling that something right.
2: No, it ain't. Not in North I'm Carolina.
1: I'm in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me Jokers to the right Here I am stuck in the middle with you Yep From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles This is the Bradcast As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ Cottage Grove's KSO Eugene's KEPW Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN in Palinville, New York on WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day. On the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdon Square Radio, and Detour Talk blanketing planet earth five days a week i'm brad friedman your friendly investigative blogger journalist troublemaker muckraker and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com thank you very much for joining us today for what may or may not be another thrilling broadcast. either way glad you can be here uh, <laughs> your
3: mileage may vary
1: correct hi desi doyan hi Uh, Hey, before I get to my uh, two guests today and the uh, disturbing story that they have to tell about observing elections or at least trying to recently in North Carolina's most populous county. Uh, a week or two ago, I spent some time on this program responding to all of the diehard Trump MAGA 2020 election denying wingnuts out there, as, as well as some who are still for some reason uncertain about who actually won or lost the 2020 presidential election. Yeah, there are people who legitimately are, have been so confused by all the misinformation that they just don't know especially as this new pretend documentary on claims of election fraud named 2,000 Mules was released uh, to about 400 theaters around the country. So ironically enough, when I covered this a week or two ago, I pointed out at that time that the film was produced and directed by a longtime far-right-wing activist dude by the name of Dinesh D'Souza, a guy who was actually charged with and pleaded guilty to Real, actual federal election fraud felony crimes some years ago before he was then pardoned just a few years later by then President Donald Trump because of course of course, and I covered the uh, the movie to, uh, at that time to sort of help folks understand what a scam it was as its title Two Thousand Mules was trending as a hashtag on social media. Now I'm loath to revisit much of this again, and I'll refer you back to the <clears throat> to the broadcast from. May 9, which you can download for free anytime at bradblog.com to get full details and debunkery of the silly film that was made in cooperation with a longtime group of discredited right wing voter fraud, fraudsters, oper- operatives out of Texas calling themselves True the Vote. This is a group which has put out one discredited, easily debunked report after another over the years, so I tend to ignore them entirely. They claim, you know, massive evidence of massive voter fraud or some type or another over the years and the needed policy solution for which is almost always more restrictions at the polling place, Uh, extreme photo ID restrictions. Um, shortening early voting or mail-in voting, etc. Standard right-wing voter suppression operative stuff, as the group True the Vote is funded by millions of dollars over the years as part of the Koch network of right-wing phony grassroots groups, etc. Anyway, as noted, I'm loath to give them any more attention at all by even talking about them. But there have been a few actual news developments since the initial release of that film and my discussion about that uh, about the propaganda, which details their claim to have purchased terabytes of cell phone geolocation data that they say shows that there were thousands of so-called ballot mules people working with nonprofit organizations, supposedly in critical swing states that were won by Joe Biden, which they claim their data reveals to show that these people were making repeated trips to drop boxes, absentee ballot drop boxes, or at least as the data is only able to show within 100 feet or so of these drop boxes uh, and the offices of uh, these unnamed nonprofit groups. Never mind that, you know, people travel to and from work each day past those ballot drop boxes. Kids,
3: mailmen, kids yeah, going to school, correct. delivery all, people,
1: uh, Uber drivers, uh, election officials who are going to pick up the ballots, etc. They're often put into, uh, you know, highly trafficked areas for easy accessibility. So a lot of people go past those uh, drop boxes. Uh, But all of this is what is detailed uh, in this in in, in this film by D'Souza, along with uh, these true the vote folks. The group also claims uh, to have obtained security camera footage of people dropping off more than one ballot in the drop boxes, what the right wing calls ballot harvesting, but which is actually just, you know, collecting ballots legally from people to drop drop it off for them as allowed by each of the states that the film focuses on, for example, for family members to deliver their ballots uh, for members of their family or for disabled voters, etc. The film, however, was apparently never able to tie any of those videos of people dropping off more than one ballot to any of those theoretically repeated visits that they identified in the cell phone data that they bought. Or if they did, they didn't include it in the film, apparently. That seems strange. So a couple of new developments here, since it also feeds into my guests joining me shortly, who are actual citizen election integrity advocates, real ones, who actually do the hard work of spending time helping to oversee public activities during elections, like vote counting and absentee ballot uh, checking and so forth. First, as it turns out, this shocking, presidential election theft-proving data collected by Truth of Vote, don't laugh at me, Sorry. Uh, and, and used in this film, had apparently already long ago been rejected by law enforcement officials prior to the release of the film, uh, found to not be revealing proof of any election fraud at all, though the filmmakers appear to have forgotten to let anybody know about that in their movie. According to a September 30... 2021 letter last year from Vic Reynolds, the director of the jo- the director of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, or GBI. Georgia is one of the swing states focused on in the film and, and in the group's cell phone data. Reynolds was appointed, by the way, head of the GBI by the far right wing nut governor and former secretary of state in Georgia, Brian Kemp. Reynolds replies Uh, To the group in this letter to uh, to both the chair of the state Republican Party and True the Vote, who the letter says shared some 25 terabytes of their cell phone data with them to say. Uh, From Vic Reynolds, I've dear Mr. Schaefer, Mr. Phillips, I've had the opportunity to review and discuss with agents and experts the information you provided at the meeting you requested a few months back. Additionally, I met with the FBI to review the entirety of their case file, which consisted of a mirrored image of the hard drive purportedly from Texas. That would be from the True the vote folks uh, that had been turned over to them, to the FBI. 25 terabytes of information representing 1.2 trillion mobile signals specific to Georgia, Uh, more than a million mobile device ID numbers and their geolocations from the beginning of October 2020 until January 5, 2021. They identify 279 cell phones in a spreadsheet for the GBI that had made multiple trips to within 100 feet of voter drop boxes and uh, to various organizations. And then uh, Vic Reynolds writes, what has not been provided is evidence that ties these cell phones to ballot harvesting. For example, there are no statements of witnesses and no names of any potential defendants to interview, he writes. Saliently, it has been stated that there is a source, a quote, source that can validate ballot harvesting despite repeated requests. That source has not been provided to either the GBI or to the FBI. As it exists, he writes, the data does not rise to the level of probable cause that a crime has been committed as such on what has been provided and what has not been provided. An investigation is not justified. D. Victor Reynolds, director of the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. That was a letter from September of last year. And now months and months later, they still put out this film making these claims that both the Georgia Bureau of Investigation and the FBI has already said there ain't no crime there. We see no evidence of a crime.
3: But hey, they did make millions of dollars apparently in this release of this debunked film.
1: <laughs> Watch your language, young I know. lady. <laughs> Now, despite what appears to be a wholesale rejection of the entire theory that makes up the basis for this propaganda documentary, 2,000 Mules, uh, from both the GBI and the FBI, the film, you know, moved ahead anyway to try and scam viewers. And, you know, since folks want to believe that the election was stolen from Donald Trump, certain folks do, And those people want to believe anything that they are told about it, no matter how little actual massive fraud is actually proven, uh, which is to say, in this case, none. The film apparently stirred up enough concern from enough excitable wingnuts in various swing states that new investigations were launched in the wake of this film's release. Well, now we have some results from one of those investigations, at least, according to Washington Post this week. The uh, This is Matthew Brown and Amy Gardner at the Post. The Georgia State Elections Board on Tuesday this week dismissed three allegations of ballot fraud brought by a conservative activist who falsely accused residents of the Atlanta area of illegally turning in other people's ballots in the 2020 election. The cases have gained attention across uh, conservative social media following the release this month of 2000 Mules that alleges that thousands of such individuals participated in a vast criminal conspiracy to collect and return tens of thousands of ballots in 2020. The board's action, the Georgia State Elections Board on Tuesday, cast doubt on the premise of the movie. Which claims to use cell phone tracking data along with video surveillance of individuals depositing ballots in drop boxes to make its case. The movie prominently features surveillance footage of a voter from Gwinnett County, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, who was the subject of one of the complaints that was dismissed on Tuesday. In the footage, The voter can be seen pulling up in a white Ford SUV alongside a ballot drop box emerging from the truck and depositing five ballots into the box. Wow. Suspicious. Sounds like a mule. No wonder they put the guy in their movie. Five ballots into the box. Well, state investigators tracked down the man in the movie who told them that he had dropped off ballots for members of his household himself, his wife, and three adult children as allowed under state law. Of course, he could have just been saying that, but the investigators then corroborated his story by looking up the voting records of all five family members and confirming that their ballots were in fact deposited in that drop box on that day that the surveillance footage was recorded we just pause
3: for a moment and talk about the funding and resources that were pulled away from actual crime solving to go off on this wild goose chase to prove that, yes, we were correct in the first round, that there was no fraud. Yep.
1: Uh, As it turns out, the investigators found similar circumstances with the other two complaints, noting that all of the ballots belonged to legal voters and were deposited by qualifying legal household members. Board member Edward Lindsay chastised the activist for publishing accusations of criminal wrongdoing before the state's investigation was complete. Qu- quote, claiming someone has committed a crime carries with it some legal liability. Oh, I hope so. In addition to investigating the three complaints, the secretary of state's office issued subpoenas to true the vote and the data company that it hired to collect the cell phone data rep- uh, presented in the movie. Both Organizations missed the April 28 deadline to respond to those subpoenas. To the subpoenas from the people who were supposedly investigating their criminal complaint. True the Vote founder Catherine Engelbrecht. Did not immediately respond to a request for comment from The Post. Greg Phillips, who partnered with Engelbrecht to conduct the investigation, featured in 2000 Mules. He is the guy that the director of the George Board of Investigations was writing that letter to months ago, saying we find no evidence of a crime here. Phillips, who partnered with her to conduct this investigation, said one concern about turning over the evidence that they are being asked for is the safety of a whistleblower who supplied information. So uh, they say, oh, we'd have to name our sources here, it would have an incredibly chilling effect. These are people we promised anonymity to. So, oh, well, I guess. So there you go. Uh, A couple of uh, news updates there to the original debunking from uh, about two weeks ago in which several news sources at the time helped explain after the weekend that the film was released how it actually fails to prove any of the things that it claims to prove. Any of the fraud, major or otherwise, even as it uh, pretends to uh, make these extraordinary claims, it doesn't actually prove any of them. And as a whole bunch of folks on the right are certain that 2,000 mules is indisputable proof that Donald Trump won the 2000 election. You know, the election that Donald Trump actually tried himself but failed to steal. And while uh, well funded right wing AstroTurf groups like Truth Vote have long tried to pretend to be actual election integrity advocates who the ones who who actually do the hard work of oversight of our public elections some of those real election integrity advocates who have been doing this for a long time many of them have appeared on this program over the years those folks often find themselves confronted by election officials who really do not care for them exercising their right to oversee public elections processes. Like counting and counting ballots and, and absentee ballot verifications. Uh, even though, as, as I've explained hundreds, if not thousands of times over the years, public oversight by folks like them, by folks like you and me, public oversight of our elections is ultimately the only thing that can keep them safe and accurate and true. Last Tuesday, there were critical midterm primaries, uh, primary elections in North Carolina, another one of our great swing states, along with Georgia. But there, in North Carolina, in Wake County, the most populous county in the state, two longtime real election integrity advocates were barred, for some reason, by the police, I believe, from the county vote counting headquarters, for some reason. Why? Well, that story and those two advocates join us next on the broadcast to Explain. I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to the broadcast. Stay tuned. <laughs>
3: What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com/donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com/donate, and thanks.
1: Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. Yeah. Unless no one you're one in Wake sweeter, County and I'm you're trying to oversee elections. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. I don't know if that song is actually about North or South Carolina. Uh, it's one or the other. Uh, anyway, North Carolina is what we're talking about today. It has long been a uh, swing state, one of the so-called swing state, one of the most closely divided States in the nation, which seems to go back and forth between Republican and Democratic by very close margins every few years in both presidential and other statewide gubernatorial elections and so forth, goes back and forth by very close margins. Well, this past Tuesday, on the day that the great state of North Carolina was holding its critical 2022 midterm primary elections, two election integrity groups, real ones, Not one of the fake right wing astroturf groups claiming to be an election integrity group who are really just voter suppression groups or newly formed groups trying to help pretend that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump. Two real groups, Transparent Elections NC and Audit Elections USA. They put out an urgent press release that begins this way. State and nationally recognized election transparency and integrity advocates were threatened with arrest and prevented from observing routine election administration activities by Wake County Election Administrator Gary Sims in violation of North Carolina state election law. North Carolina's 2005 Confidence in Elections Act Protects the rights of the public to observe election counting, stating, quote, any member of the public wishing to witness the vote count at any level shall be allowed to do so, unquote. Now, this, of course, is the meat and potatoes of many great election integrity advocates, citizen advocates who have. Uh, 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 appeared or been highlighted on this program or at bradblog.com over the years. It's the really sometimes dreadfully dull job of going to county election offices and bearing witness for the rest of us to vote tabulation, confirmation of absentee ballot envelopes, etc., in hopes of making sure that ballots are tabulated correctly. So that the citizenry may have confidence that the eventually reported results of our public elections are accurate and true to voter intent. And yet, for some reason, this week, two well-known longtime election integrity advocates were apparently locked out of the process in Wake County, the state's most populous county. It's home to uh, its largest city, Raleigh. As the press release from the groups continues on May 14, Wake County Election Administrator Gary Sims directed law enforcement, law enforcement to cite Lynn Bernstein, the founder of Transparent Elections North Carolina, and John Brakey, director of Audit USA with trespassing. Sims threatened Bernstein and Brakey with arrest if they attended the public meeting at the Board of Elections on May 17. That was Election Day this past week. Bernstein was told by the law enforcement officer that she was banned from the premises, quote, forever, as heard in this short audio clip of both Bernstein and Breakey's conversation with law enforcement on May 14. Oh
0: hey, you you yeah, okay, I, I, I do. Like I, one question: So, at what point am I allowed back on the property? Never. Oh, for God's sake! Are you kidding
4: me? What did she do? What's that? What did she we do? We went. Want? We went up to a. We do well, how do we challenge that? was all yeah, yeah. right. I know so. but that's my job.
1: <laughs> So it's a little hard to hear, but they were told, according to that clip, that they were banned from the property of the Wake County Board of Elections and could quote, never come back. We were not able to do our jobs overseeing this election, Bernstein notes in the press release. We were not allowed to observe the absentee meeting held on Monday and Tuesday, and we were unable to observe the tabulation of the early and absentee ballots. The uh, harassment... Uh, according to the press release, uh, has now extended, they say, to Bernstein's husband, Nick Bernstein, who spoke at the May 16 Board of Elections meeting to explain to the board about the strong-arm tactics being employed against his wife, Lynn. Members of the public were given two minutes to speak, but at one minute and 53 seconds into his talk, Nick Bernstein was told that his time, his two minutes, were up. And by the time he had reached two minutes, the police had already been told to remove him from the building. Here's what that sounded like this past week.
2: We love hearing comments from the public. So if you have anything, um, this is your time. You have two minutes, like I said, and we are here to listen. Hi, my name is Nick Bernstein. I've made comments here before, but you all certainly know my wife, Lynn Bernstein. She's been coming to these meetings for several years. Her goal has always been to ensure that Wake County conduct fair and transparent elections. She has volunteered her time and engineering expertise to help discreetly identify potential problems in the election process and to educate people about how elections work. Our democracy depends on supporters of the losing candidate believing in the integrity of the election. That starts with a process that is to the, as open to the public as possible. For two years, she has asked the board and the election director where observers should stand on election night to observe countywide election processes as guaranteed by law, so as not to interfere with election workers. For two years, she has been told that Wake County doesn't follow that law, unlike the 99 other counties in North Carolina. So, she came to this location on Saturday afternoon with John Brakey, the nationally known nonpartisan observer who oversaw the Arizol election night observing location that was outside the BOE building. Instead, your election director, Gary Sims, called 911 and had formal trespassing charges levied against both of them. The officer involved has explained that either of them stepped foot onto this property ever again, Mr. Sims will have them arrested. This is the second time Mr. Sims has made such a threat against my wife, which leads me to wonder why he is so fearful of public oversight. Mr. Sims is supposed to be acting on the board's behalf and at their direction. No one on this board can seriously believe that either of those two dedicated public servants intended to interfere with the election. The easiest... And least embarrassing resolution for this board is to have this bogus trespassing charge reversed by a vote of the board. I'm asking you, any of you, to call for the vote today. A failure to do so indicates that you endorse the heavy-handed infringement of civil rights. Um, You may. Okay, thank you. You are infringing on the rights. Of individuals to observe the selection. He's then being escorted outside. Thank you. And you are, Officer. Officer Carter. Carter. Yep. Pleasure. I I came with someone else who is expecting a ride back, so I'm okay. playing with. Just stay in okay? That's fine. All right.
1: So, again, a little bit hard to hear there at the end, but as uh, Lynn Bernstein's husband, Nick, had uh, not yet reached the end of his allotted two minutes of public comment, he was told to stop, and within about Another 10 or 15 seconds. He was being escorted out of the building into the parking lot where he was graciously told that if I could hear it there, that he could stay in his car uh, to wait for the person that he he came with uh, before needing to leave the property. So what the hell is going on here? I don't really know. So I thought I would ask both Lynn Bernstein and John Brakey, both previous guests on this program in months and years past, to join us to explain. Lynn Bernstein is founder of Transparent Elections North Carolina, whose mission is, quote, to confirm that every eligible vote is counted as the voter intended by working with election officials to ensure that elections are secure, transparent, robustly audited, and publicly verified. Lynn is an aerospace engineer who has worked for years integrating and testing complex systems on numerous satellites, which, as I have quipped when she previously joined us, means that she's still way underqualified to be able to study our nation's even more complex computerized voting systems. That is only partially a joke. She is a trained international election observer. She's a member of the Election Verification Network, a member of National Voting Rights Task Force, and a board member for Audit USA. John Brakey, who our listeners may recognize as he's been on this program many times, is the director of Audit USA and a longtime election integrity and transparency champion based in Tucson, Arizona. Audit USA is a national nonpartisan group which says it is, quote, working to restore public ownership and oversight of elections to ensure the fundamental right of every American citizen to vote and to have each vote counted as intended in a secure, transparent, impartial, and independently audited election process. But, of course, John may forever be best known as the bamboo ballots guy, the guy who was widely seen on video while observing the loony right-wing cyber ninjas audit of the 2020 presidential election ballots in Maricopa County, Arizona last year. I suspect you all remember him. Of course, uh, that video was several weeks after he had already explained on this program, your friendly neighborhood broadcast, how those... Yutzes were uh, looking for bamboo fibers in the ballots to somehow prove that thousands of ballots had been secretly shipped in, fraudulent ballots from Asia to steal the election for Joe Biden in Arizona. They never ended up finding that bamboo. Uh, Lynn Bernstein and John Brakey, welcome back, both of you, to the broadcast.
4: Well, thank you for having us. (laughs) Uh,
1: Lynn, uh, let me start with you, because this is just kind of insane, this is your home state. What the hell happened here first? Why why were you originally banned from the Wake County Board of Elections, apparently forever?
0: Yeah, it is a bit ridiculous. Thanks for having us on, Brad. So John and I went uh, down to the Board of Elections building to see where we could have protesters park and stand on election night because we wanted to go ahead and protest not being allowed in. And we needed to see if there were any signs that said no trespassing or no parking so i drove past the front parking lot where i normally would park but there was a sign that said no parking mm-hmm. and so we passed that entrance and then we went to the next parking lot and on, although there was no sign that said no public parking and the gate was open we decided not to park there because there were cars coming in and out and there was also a sign saying board of elections event so we decided to park at the building supply company store next door And we even walked through a ditch and along the road, Uh so we weren't even walking, because we didn't even want to walk through the front lot that said no parking. Well,
1: well, let me just back up for a second then. So you were coming to find a a place where you could protest properly for having already been banned?
0: No, no. So so back in 2019, I had emailed every county in the state about Mm -hmm. uh, being open on election night. And about 30 counties emailed me back saying that, yes, they were open, and some even went as far to say that they were open because, by law, they had to be. And mm-hmm. and I've, I've gone on election night to watch other counties, and um, I watched remotely mm-hmm. live stream on election night of other counties, and I wrote a letter to the state board uh, back in 2020 mm-hmm. saying, please provide guidance. Why is WAKE allowed to shut down, you know, shut us out, and, you know... Please give guidance. And they they've pretty much just ignored my
1: my uh, they've ignored my letter. So Wake County was the only county in the state that was essentially saying citizens could not uh, observe on election night.
0: That is as far as I know, as far as the counties that I've spoken with, I've, I've searched for two years to find a county that wasn't open. On election night,
1: and I have yet to find one. Uh huh. And so you go to the board, uh, to the to the building, to, where they're not allowing observers for reasons that I don't understand. And uh, when you're looking for where people can come to protest, that that's when you were uh, approached by law enforcement and told you were banned from the property forever.
0: Right. So I want to be clear. We parked. And the next lot over walked through a ditch, walked along the road, and we're standing outside of the gate Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, you know, looking for signage. And then we ended up walking back to our car the same route. And when we got back to the car, that's when the police arrived and said that uh, we were banned forever. It's a very weird – we've been trying to find out ourselves if it's a citation. They gave us uh, – they let us take a picture of the paper Uh that – it's called a trespass form, and it's a very strange thing that apparently, according to the police, um, anyone you know, anyone in charge of a, a manager, he kept saying, at a Walmart, and I clarified. I said, "Is this for a public building too?" And he said, "Any anyone who's in charge of a building can, for whatever reason or no reason at all, uh, trespass you." It's called being trespassed, and uh-huh. what that means is um, you can never come back. Or you will be arrested on the spot. So, so we can't even defend ourselves. There's no. There's no uh, appeal process to this.
1: Because what, to appeal, you'd actually have to come back, be arrested, and then fight that case. As I, I, Correct. I guess. Well, and Correct. And was this uh, at the request to the uh, police of the uh, Wake County Election Administrator Gary Sims? That is correct. Have you had a run in with Mr. Sims uh, in the past that would lead him to, I guess, be watching out for you to show up uh, to call the police?
0: Well, you know, Mr. Sims has personally harassed me at Board of Elections meetings in front of the board. Um, And he also threatened to call the police on me when I came to observe on election night for the 2020 primary Um, when I was an at-large observer for the Wake County Democratic
1: Party. Mm -hmm. So
0: he's never really been pleasant to me and has harassed me. Um, So I know he doesn't like me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so you were able to observe then in the past at Wake County. Is that right? Not on
0: election night. Not on election night. No, Ah. they have never been open for election night.
1: Ah. And uh, so what were you, if anything, able to do on uh, this primary election uh, day and night this past Tuesday, given the ban from, from the Wake County Board of Elections property?
0: Right. So we were not allowed to observe the really critical processes inside the building, and so what we did was we stood along the road um, in the adjacent property and protested uh, not being allowed in, mm. and we were able to see a little bit of, you know, the the precinct uh, judges bringing the materials back. But mm. that's all we were allowed to see. So we weren't really allowed to observe the process.
1: That's not very helpful. Uh, before I get to John here, what, uh, uh, Lynn Bernstein, what, what do you think this is really about? Do you have any idea what's actually going on in any of this? Because it's, it's kind of mysterious uh, for the moment.
0: Yeah, you know... I, I I can't say why, 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 you know, the election director is the way he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd have to ask him. Um, I do know that um, right now in Wake County, uh, we use the auto mark system with the DS200s from the uh, ESNS system. And mm-hmm. I do know that those auto marks are no longer um, going to be being used. I guess ESNS has, has said that they're not going to support those anymore. And so... Any county in w- any county in the state that is using auto marks, they need to decide what to use next. And um, and everybody who follows elections in the state or mm-hmm. election processes in the state knows that I am a uh, a huge proponent of of ballots that don't have barcodes on them. Mm-hmm. And I went uh, back as early as 2019, warning the county, please do not buy even don't even buy these DS two hundreds in two thousand nineteen because you're gonna be strapped to the express vote if you do. So you and ha- sure enough here yeah. we are.
1: So you have been uh, critical of the the purchases, the computers they've used to uh, help people cast votes and count votes. I, I should note the automark, the es automark, is a very old sort of ballot marking device, a computerized system that prints out a ballot. And, and uh, that's the one that is no longer being supported and will soon be replaced. It and doesn't
4: print out. R- it, a, it marks the same ballot that everybody else votes on.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a blind
4: person. I walk in, I get a ballot, I stick it in this machine, Mm -hmm. it reads it and marks it. And that's
1: important. Got it. Uh, it doesn't actually print out. It actually fills it in uh, for the voters. But those systems are being no longer supported. es I guess, would rather people buy their new, more expensive systems. And I want to note, of course, uh, we would welcome uh, Wake County Election Administrator Gary Sims onto this show. If uh, if he's hearing this, if he would like to uh, come and explain his side of the story, because this is really bizarre. Now, John Brakey, what were you doing in North Carolina there? this week
4: yes came in on the 12th
1: yeah what what were uh, you doing that why were you in north carolina well
4: i came in because i always pick uh you know it's election time and this is what i do i travel the country and i try to work and mentor other election transparency activists mm-hmm. and, and uh in a system and, and it was just a strange thing it was saturday uh we finally said okay what are we going to do said, we're going to go to uh wake county mm-hmm. good uh but i want you to know if as soon as i get there this guy's a strange, and he's going to be right out there. And I said, oh, come on to myself. I don't believe that. And I said, Lynn, why don't we go down there? And we went down there. And I didn't expect this guy to come out. in Ten minutes, they were busy. He was out there in four minutes. (laughs) and He was steaming, just having her there. And if there's a motive behind of all of this, it's not election fraud or anything like that. It's called good old greed, and he wants to turn maybe Wake County into Mecklenburg, who did not spend just 3.2 million dollars to buy hand-marked paper ballot machines like the DS 200 they went out and bought 2500 express votes
1: those are the bm they eliminated yeah uh, the more expensive uh yeah yeah and and i should note uh in in wake county most of the ballots are cast on hand-marked paper ballots they're scanned by the you referenced the DS-200 uh, uh, scanners. It's only the uh, uh, ballot marking devices are only used for people who need assistance when they're uh, trying to vote in Wake County. But in Mecklenburg, I guess, everyone is forced to vote on a, uh, on a computer touchscreen that prints out the ballot?
4: Yep, that's exactly the case. The only thing is vote by mail left. No. And so 60% of the vote approximately in Wake would be early, and precinct vote, Uh and they have 200-some precincts. They probably have to buy about a dozen machines and have the DS-200, and that will cost somewhere around Ten to eleven million dollars.
1: So it's Wake
4: spent fifteen, and they're smaller. I'm sorry, (laughs) Mecklenburg spent fifteen, and they're a little bit smaller. They're a little bit
1: smaller. So it sounds like you guys are both sort of opponents of uh, what this uh, Wake County Election Administrator wants to do with the voting systems. And is it fair to say, uh, for that reason, he wants you nowhere near uh, his offices? He's trying to discredit uh, Lynn Bernstein's advocacy here.
0: Well, well yeah, I, I think better.
1: I think. Yeah, go ahead, Lynn
0: Yeah, so, so, you know He doesn't want me observing also I think um, Because what I've been doing is I've been reaching out to people Anyone, really, from all walks Of the political life mm-hmm. And I've been teaching them About the election processes for North Carolina I've been inviting them to Meet me at the Board of Elections meeting
3: mm-hmm.
0: I've been explaining To them what's what they're seeing because the wake board of elections hardly talks and they won't really answer questions at these meetings. Yeah. And so I've been bringing people in to watch this process and back in the 2020 primary I did discover that Wake County was uh not using the you know using a process to to process the absentee ballots that wasn't per law and I forced uh that to change mm. before the general election.
1: Which is the job of someone like you, a citizen observer, to make sure that election officials are doing everything by the book as as they're supposed to. And I know sometimes they don't uh, election officials don't like to have you there, but I don't want to give the impression that, uh, you know, there's some sort of uh, attention that, um, you know, election officials and uh, election observers don't get along. John Brakey, I know that you have, uh, it's certainly not your first rodeo. You've observed uh, many election nights and, and counting and ballot processing and so forth. As a matter of fact, I think if I recall, you were either removed and or arrested yourself from trying to observe election tabulation some years ago in Pima County, Arizona. Am I remembering that correctly, uh, John?
4: Uh, yeah certainly right and it changed the whole system yeah. and uh and we i was vindicated mm-hmm. through the judge yeah and uh and it made everything different after that
1: so sometimes it is necessary uh to uh, sort of uh, get get to loggerheads with these election officials but in most cases uh is it fair to say john that election officials are welcoming of observers even if sometimes it's annoying having them there
4: in North Carolina because I've been here twice before uh-huh. if you remember I came in the first time because of the ballot harvesting incident in
1: 2019 when the and Repu- I'll just explain when when a, uh, a Republican Uh, Operative was collecting uh, ballots and changing them before turning them in. That's of course illegal, and uh, it resulted in a U.S. House race election being thrown out, and they had to have a redo uh, several months later. So, yes, proceed, John.
4: Yeah, and so I had, I was very pleased with 100% transparency. I had in all three counties. Once I introduced myself, Mm -hmm. who I was, I gave my card. I met with the boards. You know what I'm saying, yeah. to do the proper things that you do. You don't walk in like a nut and start saying, "I'm here to observe." You build relationships,
1: and and, and that's what Lynn has done. And uh, except in Wake County, where apparently uh, the administrator doesn't want her there or want you there for some reason. Again. Uh, Mr. Sims, we would welcome him on this show. Uh, very quickly, I've, I've got just a, a minute or two here, but I've got a couple of questions I want to sneak in here. Lynn, what happened there with your husband? Why was he rushed out of the building, and, and is he now banned as well?
0: He is not banned um, as well, but um, he, you know, they just they don't want, they don't want, uh, yeah, I guess he went there to defend me, and, and they, you know, it was interesting because at the beginning of that meeting, the chair says, we love hearing from the public. Yeah. And then he was the first person to speak, and then they sort of uh, rushed him out. And I, and I will tell you real quick that my daughter, um, she wrote a public comment, and she, my husband handed it to the, um, to the board, and I'll read you the last two sentences of it. Mm-hmm. This is my, my 14-year-old. She uh. says, By yelling over the ideas of an individual, the voice you diminishes your own. By not listening to an individual, the whole community will go deaf. Mm. By hiding individuals from each other, you have blinded the community. If you limit our time, you only live in our community, your power, and yourself. This is to say I request that you consider the value of our ideas over your idea of our value. They just don't consider ideas Mm. from the public. They don't want to hear public comment.
1: Uh, concerning public elections. Well, Lynn, you have uh, you have raised your uh, daughter well. I suspect she may be up here on this show in a few years uh, if things keep going in this direction. Look, I just wanted to have you both on because I want to get your stories out there because, you know, A, I want folks to know what, you know, folks like you are sometimes up against, but B, outline how important this work is. Lynn, would you recommend others do this same kind of work, and and should they expect to be banned and or arrested when doing so?
0: They shouldn't. And, and, you know, I would encourage people to find out about the laws in their particular state, about observing, and Mm -hmm. also about the process, and then to go and watch those processes, and, you know, to, you, you don't want to, the last thing you want to happen is for observers to go, have no idea what they just saw, and walk out of the building spreading rumors. Mm-hmm. And so I think counties need to do a better job, not only allowing people to observe, but explaining the process so that they understand what they're seeing.
1: They do indeed. And of course, a lot of this depends on on folks like you and perhaps folks like us to explain the process to help people understand that uh, this isn't there's not someone else doing this. This is up to us. This is up to we, the people, you know, to show up on election night at the board uh, where they're, you know, wherever they're counting at headquarters and in the days following when they're still continuing to process those uh, those uh, ballots, and I thank you both mightily for your years of doing it. Uh, John, before I go, and I really only got about 30 seconds here or so, but I, uh, John Brakey, I know you have been working hard all over the country, but particularly in Arizona and Florida, to get new laws on the books to ensure that so-called digital ballot images, those are the photographs made of paper ballots as they're originally scanned through the computer, uh, usually on election night, uh, to get those ballot Images made public so that the uh, folks can do their own count of results, do it from their home computer and tie those ballots to the actual ballots themselves uh, in case there are any questions about any of those ballots. I believe you've now got bills pending in both Arizona and Florida. Can you give me the quickest possible update on where those efforts stand right now as we uh, head toward these critical midterm elections?
4: Well, in Arizona, the bill is being held up by the governor because they, somehow they thought it was part of the budget. Ken Bennett, former secretary of state, former president of the Arizona Senate, is trying to get freed. Mm-hmm. Him and me wrote the bill. He's a Republican. I'm a Democrat. And, and we love our country, our family. And we know our democracy is in crisis. And this bill is very simple. Mm-hmm. It's about making elections transparent, trackable, publicly verified with a ballot library and a check-and-balance system. Elections should not take 10 months to examine. They should be able to do them in 10 days.
1: Mm. And, and in Florida? No.
4: Yeah. Uh, Florida's a mess. It's uh, We are still in litigation. We have no bill pressing, but we're watching other litigation uh-huh. that favors private contractors, and more of, let's get corporations to do it for us, you know what I'm saying, rather than the people.
1: And so in in Arizona, at least, that bill that you have uh, with uh, Ken Bennett, the former Republican Secretary of State, I think that's got support from Republicans in the legislature, not from Democrats for some reason in the legislature. And uh, Uh,
4: it's very simple. They put 120 bills forward, and after looking at the first 100, everything looks really bad. And the bill was not really explained to them, Okay. And, be, and also, because if in this country right now, the divide is worse than ever. If the right was to actually go left, the left would change and go right. The divide is that bad. It,
1: it does feel... It but does. I think
4: we're going to change it. I think the bill will pass. And if it passes out of Arizona, we've just launched a, a, a rocket ship that could help the rest of the country because it's the minimum is what we want to do, and it's simple. The actual act of voting is the secret process, folks. Counting is a public process, and it used to be, and it must be again. Or we are going to a dangerous road of the four boxes. And I always say the first box is the cartridge box. That's why we invented the, uh, what I'm on is the soap box to run for office, maybe, the ballot box. And if things fail, it goes to the jury box. When all those three boxes fail, we're heading to our very dangerous cartridge box that we settle things by shooting at each other, and that's not a good thing.
1: Not good at all, and so that's why it's so important to keep uh, folks like you uh, able to observe uh, publicly for all of us and to help all of us observe ourselves. Hey, uh, thanks guys. John, we'll, we'll talk about that no doubt more in the future. Thank you both for the efforts that you're, you're doing here. I'm sorry you're having to go through uh, what you're having to go through out there in North Carolina, Lynn, but thank you for doing it. Uh, you can get more information on Transparent Elections, North Carolina. That's Lynn's group at TransparentElectionsNC.org. Uh, also, you can find Lynn on the Twitters at Bernstein underscore Lynn. And, of course, John Brakey's work is at AuditElectionsUSA.org. Uh, and I think it's easiest to find them on Facebook uh, at Audit.USA, if I recall Lynn Bernstein, John Brakey, thank you for everything. Be careful out there, and uh, thanks for joining us today on the broadcast. Thanks for having us. You bet. Okay, uh, let's. Th- I know Des, you you have a yes. thought or two. But hold your thought. Okay, hold your thought. <laughs> little cliffhanger. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Desi's thought and maybe a little bit of listener mail right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to the broadcast. Welcome back to the world famous Bradcast, Brad Friedman from (laughs) Bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, So, Des, uh, so I have a a, a thought uh, from a listener here that I want to get to that you'll probably have a comment on. Okay. So that said, I know you had a comment on the previous segment. So as much time as you take here Will only be time taken away From your response to the okay. listeners so, so just real to quick yeah, um, Basically,
3: just very quickly yeah. Obviously, um, the uh, I wanted to contrast The demeanor of Nick Bernstein And Lynn Bernstein and John Brakey When they are trying to interact With these boards of elections mm. And trying to do public oversight Contrast how polite and respectful they are When they're making their public comments And their oversight Compared to the MAGA heads Who would go to the <laughs> school boards And yell oh, and yeah. scream and demonize and threaten, threaten. with death um, and stalk school board members when yeah. they were arguing about that. So, yes, Anime these And people... they claims,
1: by the way, that if you remember from 2020, and I think it was Philadelphia, they were claiming, oh, we need to throw out all of the results in Pennsylvania because they weren't happy that they were asked to stand back something like 15 feet from because the vote counters COVID. during COVID. Right. They filed a lawsuit. And she's Th-
3: not even allowed on the property. So just yep. compare and contrast.
1: Good, good comparison and <laughs> contrastration. Uh, all right. Any any other thought there? No. All right. From uh, from listener Fester2 to Bradcast at Bradblog.com. Always uh, love getting mail. Can't always reply on air, but let's try here. Uh, subject. Why isn't fossil fuel subsidies considered socialized welfare? Uh, He or she notes, according to Yale's Environment 360 site, the fossil fuel corporations receive $5.9 trillion in subsidies. Why aren't the Republicans screaming that this is socialized welfare? Subsidies are paid from the federal taxes we pay. And again, every time we pump gas... Turn on a light, air conditioner or heat. It's time to cut the apron strings of the fossil fuel industry. They are making record profits and the consumer does not have a choice. This is price gouging. Festert says much of this money could be allocated to cleaner energy and to fund charging stations for electric cars. Uh, Excellent point. Fester, definitely. Any thought you have on that, Ms. Doyen?
3: Yes, absolutely. Republicans have lied for years. They do not actually care about the free market. They love subsidies for favored industries, industries that pay them and uh, support their political campaigns. That's what the fossil fuel industry does. It is absolutely corporate welfare. And of course, corporate welfare is acceptable in the United States. It's only welfare for people like, you know, Children, that's a problem.
1: So so every time uh, you hear these Republicans when they're talking about, uh, you know, g- giving some help, some subsidies to green, renewable energy, and they say, well, th- we shouldn't be in the business of picking winners <laughs> and losers.
3: Right, because the poor, downtrodden fossil fuel industry, the most uh, profitable industry in the history of humankind, they need so much help from the U.S. taxpayer to just keep going.
1: Right. And they don't notice that. They don't mention that. Oh, don't give it to this renewable uh, company. Don't give them uh, a helping hand to get started with, you know, wind power or sun power.
3: Don't by all means. That would be picking
1: winners and losers. But we can give trillions of dollars to the fossil fuel companies. Oh, that's not picking winners and losers
3: at all. It's permanent subsidies that the fossil fuel industry has enjoyed since 1916.
1: And they're still enjoying it. Yep. And it's still killing all of us. Anyway, thank you very much, Desi Doyen, our producer. My thanks to our guest today, Lynn Bernstein of TransparentElectionsNC.org, to John Brakey of AuditElectionsUSA.org, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It is always appreciated. It's always an honor. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, or you just want to share it with your you know, 2,000 mules-loving co-worker, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. That is made possible by those of you who support our work at bradblog.com slash donate. By the way, if you don't want to support our work, go support another radio show uh, or station uh, that is doing uh, similar types of work. Independent folks like ourselves, who all of us really do need your help. So thank you for that in advance. Um, You can drop me an email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am TheBradBlog. I'll see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.